Yo, 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 K-Shed, episode 25. Oh my goodness, K-Shed Uncuffed is just off the charts. Uh, I'm way behind the curve when it comes to the other ones who's been out here for years and all doing this for a while. But we just got started a little bit ago and we're already on episode 25. And we only put episodes out there when we have a message or something we want to say. Because we're here to entertain, we're here to inform, we're here to answer questions, we're here to provide details of stories that no one really kind of knows about, per se. They see the facade and they see the window dressing, like when it comes to the NFL. They don't know what goes on behind the scenes where all these uh, young men go in all fresh and uh, all newly chiseled and stuff like that. They come out broken up and mentally scarred and just kind of like thrown away like a, a diaper or something like that. You know, you throw that crap away and then they move on. So, but that's, we sign up for that. You know, there's nothing really can be done to fix that. That's just the natural part of the NFL and a natural part of a sport, really, you know, and it's just so popular that that's just the way it's going to be working for a long, long time. So I'm not hating on the NFL or anything like that. Got a chance to see from the inside. I got a chance to see from the outside. And yeah, it's just a normal part of uh, growing up being a sports star. You know, you play football, you're good at it. You make it to the league. You're one of the like less than 1% who make it and you find Find out very quickly that oh shoot I gotta step my game up because now everybody can play and then you're you know you move on so anyway what I like to talk about today on this episode really is the Vegas project baby I actually if I didn't play in the NFL in some type of twisted sense if I didn't even play in the NFL I would not even be sitting here today talking about the Vegas project because I wouldn't know anything about what the possibilities and all that stuff in Vegas because I've never been a Vegas person. Uh, Vegas has always stood out to me as a place you go to gamble and just kind of like, that's it. And I don't gamble. Uh, that's one of the few things I can say that I don't do. You know, I don't do drugs. I don't gamble. I don't do my friends wrong. You know, I mean, those are the one things that I can feel good about that K-Shed just does not embark in that type of activities and stuff like that. I, I treat my friends like brothers and stuff and um, until they show me otherwise that they're not. But the Vegas Project is something that's, that it's blowing up almost daily in a way that I never really expected. The Vegas Project really started about four or five months ago when a couple friends of mine, Bay Area friends, called me and asked me if I knew of anybody in Vegas who could help uh, set up an MMA fight. And I have no knowledge whatsoever of M MMA, mixed martial arts field. I don't train or anything like that. I, I you know, I, that's nothing that I've ever taken part in. Every once in a while, I watch some of the MMA bouts uh, they're kind of brutal for me, probably not my taste per, per se, but I've never really kind of gotten into all that type of stuff. But I do know some people, obviously, because the Raiders are now in Vegas. So I took a chance. I said, yeah, let me see what I can do. And I called a couple people, heard back from some people so associated to the Raiders, and then they pointed me in the right direction of who I needed to call. Now, this is where it gets really weird, guys, because I don't know how to talk fight lingo or boxing or anything like that, but I was given a name to a guy named Ramon Montano, who's a former professional boxer himself. He has been in the in the ring for 20 plus years, won lots of you know championship rounds and fights and stuff. 
stuff as a youth going up through the league and up through the charts and stuff. And he's a very well-respected boxer and fighter in the Vegas area because this is something that he's uh, encompassed in his life. And he became really, really good at it. The funny thing about it is that while I uh, got in contact with Ramon and he liked what he had, to, what he heard from me, uh, like I said, I was in a different zone, man. I didn't even know how to speak the language, but I was speaking the language like a champ that day and Ramon liked what he heard. And so uh, through our con communication and I was able to set up uh, Zoom meetings, then I was able to set up in-person meetings where I flew out to Vegas and sat down with Ramon and his team to hear how can we set up a fight in Vegas. That's how much I was getting into this. I mean, not only did I like uh, kind of like stepping into a new world that I've never had anything to do with and everything that I was hearing from Ramon and everybody else who are a part of MMA or fighting. It was interesting to me. I was like, wow, this is, you can't, it's not that easy. It's something that you have to dedicate yourself to and just in a daily training, all that stuff in order to be good. Otherwise, you might as well just not do it because it's that intense. So, you know, as I was talking to Ramon, I started to kind of know, learn a little bit more about him, you know, and this is what's was fascinating because I got him in contact with my friends and we were able to set up uh, the initial talks to set up the fight that we were talking about doing. And but when I was speaking with Ramon, his backstory is what caught me. Now, everybody knows I do film. So as a filmmaker, if you hear the type of backstory that I heard from Ramon, you have a seat and you say, hey, Ramon, there's the stage. Go. What happened again? So when he was younger, he grew up in Mexico, in the in the true Mexico areas, not Cancun or anything like that, not the resort area. We're talking about the boroughs and the deep, dark areas of Mexico where you just can't afford to be messing around at any moment. Uh, bad stuff happens all the time out there. And he was telling me that uh, as a younger guy, he got into some trouble that was coming from the cartels. So he, uh, I think he owned a restaurant out there or a store and he didn't want to have any part of well, anyway, I don't, I'll let him tell his story because actually he's going to be my guest today. But but regardless of anything, he got into it with the cartel and the cartel was coming after him. So in order to preserve life, he had one option, flee. So he fled Mexico, hopped the border. I hate saying it like that, but you can't say it really any other way. He crossed the border from Mexico into the States and he spoke no English had no money, had no friends, no anybody. And he, after crossing through the border, through the deserts, all the different trials and tribulations that comes with the journey like that, he found his way into Las Vegas where he pitched a tent. And I, I say that loosely because I don't even think he had any money to even get a tent. So he was homeless and he's sleeping on the streets uh, in the dark cuts and alleys of Las Vegas and you know sleeping under cars and benches and stuff like that and he did that for a long long time had no money to do anything and then uh, one day fighter came the guy who owned a gym out there came and kicked him said hey dude get up you want a job and he's like and it took him in so ramon would do like these little minuscule type jobs and stuff like that like say uh, cleaning the, the place up sweeping and all that stuff and then that turned into him becoming interested and in actually helping out with the fights and fighting and all that stuff and then that turned into him taking on this challenge in this new sport that he was exposed to and began training as a fighter then and from that point on is when he 
really, really started getting really good at his craft. And the rest is history. He was training guys like Floyd Mayweather. He's friends with Mike Tyson, you know, uh, Pacquiao. Manny Pacquiao, he was partners and sparring partners with Manny Pacquiao back in those days. And and at that story blew me away because what he ended up doing was once he, you know, passed his age or passed his time to be actually in the ring, then what he wanted to do was give back to the community. So he built this old uh, sparring gym. It's called Never Quit Sparring Gym. And it's down there in downtown, kind of the bad area of Vegas. And it was built with a purpose. It's to keep kids off the streets. It's to give individuals who might have an addiction or homeless people. So they go to his facility to get food, they to get shelter, to get warm and all that stuff. And at the same time, uh, it gives them an avenue to start getting themselves off drugs, getting themselves out of the streets and stuff. And it teaches them all about inner strength. And then lo and behold, if that particular person feels like they got it inside, they take on the boxing and they keep training and training. And who knows, they might, they'll follow in his footsteps and become like amateur to professional boxing themselves and go on to turn their life completely around and then the cycle hopefully repeats itself where they go and they do the same thing and they give back so mr ramon montano really is what made me want to spend a little bit more time with this vegas project because not only did it just blew me away his story but i also said i want to do a documentary about his story and i want to as we're setting up these fights because we set up our first fight and that's going to go down air here saturday august 26th in las vegas at the westgate resort they got manny pacquiao juniors who is manny pacquiao's son fighting as the main event at our fight. So it's mind-blowing that we were able to get where we're at right now. A documentary piece at a later time is going to be done that highlights this journey. At the same time, I want to kind of like pay tribute to Ramon's backstory as well. And just the fact that he's one hell of a good dude, man. But his personality, it makes it so where he doesn't like to dwell on the hardships he had to face as a, as a young one coming up. And I respect that. So as a filmmaker, I want to still tell a story in a serious documentary type forum and setting at the same time, I want to. I also I want to honor him and know that that he doesn't want to, people feeling sorry for him or pity or anything like that. So I came up with this other idea to tell his story in a more creative way and a kind of a funny way. And I came up with a script idea called "The Next Dana White." So the next Dana White is basically about this kid who knows nothing about it. He's not a kid because actually I'm the guy who's the actor, <laughs> so I'm an old man now. So this old man who used to play professional football takes on a new task and he starts off on the road to try to be a professional fight promoter, hence the name The Next Dana White. And through the beginning of the journey towards the end, it's nothing but hijinks and shenanigans <laughs> on an adventure that can only be explained as nutso. But does he succeed in the end? Who knows? We'll see. You know, um, and we hope to be able to shoot that film in conjunction with everything else we have going on. That's the Vegas Project. 
uh, one part of it or a couple parts of it, then now as I'm talking, I'm finding partners and associates who have ideas that can be paired up with it. And now we're actually talking about building our own uh, MMA fighting facility in the Bay Area. So it's mind blowing what we have going on here. And it all started from a, getting a phone call from a couple of friends saying, hey, you know, some people who know MMA, the fight promoters. And here we are. So it's going to be an honor here to bring in Ramon. I just got a chance to bring him down to, uh, well, he lives in Vegas, but I got a chance to take him to his first ever professional football game, the Raiders versus the Niners in the preseason. We just, he was my guest there. And just to see his, that amazing expression of, of gratitude and awe on his face when he walked in at the stadium and he saw all the fans and he saw this big, amazing stadium. And then when he saw the teams come out out of their respective sides, and then they, they, they're, they're bigger than life anyway, guys. I mean, it really puts into perspective how big these guys are, especially when you've played and you've been out there. But then when you sit back and you watch them, I'm looking at receivers that are just look like giants. And the receivers are the small ones on the football field. Normally, the offensive linemen were in the middle of the field, so I couldn't really see them. But we had front row seats in the wind section of the football stadium, which is right there, the big club area. Mr. Mark Davis always takes care of his uh, former players. And we just had a blast. And Ramon had a blast. And just hearing how uh, appreciative he was with that, being a part of that opportunity was very special for me. Uh, Ramon's a really, really good guy. I can't wait for everybody to hear his story. I can't wait for the fight to go down on the 26th. And once the 26th fight has come to fruition and passed, then it's going to be time to sit down and start talking about our second fight, which is with Mr. Dewey Nat, uh, aka number one, the number one Muay Thai fighter in Vietnam. And that's going to be the goal on our second fight is to feature him in the same city, possibly a different venue, but Dewey Nat is gonna be our high headliner for our fight on that particular one. And then he's also going to be in the film, the next Dana White, hopefully. That's the goal. The script is written for him and the goal is to make it happen for him and him to be in it. So that's my goal and that's my objective as a director, as film director, is to make sure all that happens. And am I good for the task? I think so. Shed ain't afraid. So without further ado, I want you guys to meet this guy, Mr. Ramon Montano. I want you to feel the energy and hopefully you become inspired just like your boy K Shed has. And I think this guy is has so much to offer, not only in the Las Vegas area, but over the United States and Mexico, all the different countries who support boxing and MA, which is growing amazingly. Um, we want to help spread out all, all the knowledge and the entertainment that comes from it as well. So the Vegas project was just summed up and here comes my guest, Mr. Ramon Montano. Hello. Hey, what's up, man? How are you, man? I'm doing good. Hey, thank you for taking time out of your ultra busy schedule. Mr. Uh, Las Vegas' finest uh, fight promoter and, and joining me on my podcast. What's up, my man? You, you just got done, uh, you know, signing off on a bunch of contracts and stuff like that for the next biggest uh, heavyweight fighter out there in Vegas. Is that what was going on there? Good. Easy, easy. I'm sure you got this big fight coming up, huh? Yeah, yeah. Very stressful, but it's okay. It's okay. He's normal. He's normal. You know, so you got a chance to go to your first ever uh, NFL football game the other week. How was it? Oh, my goodness. Well, well, bro, I'm telling you, I, 
I've been a lot of different games like that, like boxing, you know, like it shows, but I got, I had one of the best time of my life, bro. <laughs> was amazing. I'm telling you, was, no, no doubt. Especially, especially the seat you give me, man, was <laughs> unbelievable. <laughs> like, and hey. meet a lot of people, man. It's like, wow. I was like, I tell my wife, she was jealous of me. She <laughs> said, why you don't, you didn't take me? I said, I <laughs> hey, well, so I wish I could take the credit for bringing for those uh, awesome seats we had, but that was Mark Davis, man. He took care of everybody there. There was over like 300, 400 plus people who were all partying at that lower level, uh, win, whatever section it's called, and it was high class. And that was Mark Davis, man. So when you see him again, I know you know him, but when you see him again, you have to thank him, brother. Yeah, of course. I'm telling you, I'm still like I am in shock. When I see a picture they have with a, a lot of carb weather, like a lot of, I'm like, what the heck? Like, what am I doing this? So, uh, because Danny, of course. Yeah. yeah but and thank you, man. Thank you. I'm not fan of either. I'm not fan of football, but I don't like it. I feel like, ah, oh, shit, I feel like it. So. Awesome, man. That is so awesome. What do you think about meeting Carl Weathers, a.k.a. Apollo Creed? Oh, my God. It was, it was amazing. It was crazy. I mean, yeah. that is, I mean, that is, Apollo, Apollo. <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome. It seemed like he was in all of, of you, too, and it was like a natural connection you and him had. It was pretty cool. I will get you with the left hook. I said, get it, get it, get it. Get it. <laughs> That was, said, that was his death blow right there. I can take it. I can take it. It's a lot. Hey, so, you know, and I didn't want to keep you because I know you're probably off to your next uh, business meeting as you continue to set everything up for the big fight on the 26th out there. They call it the clash out there in Vegas at the Westgate. But, hey, can you tell me just a, just briefly right quick, guy, where where did you grow up again in Mexico? Uh, I was born in, uh, in Ciudad Obregón, Sonora. Okay. In the border, in the border with Arizona. With Arizona, wow, really? Yeah, in the border, yes. Uh, uh yes. Uh, the state of Sonora is the border with Arizona, and I'm born in Ciudad Obregón, Sonora, where where Pulisera uh, Chavez born, the same city. Pulisera Chavez, a lot of world champions. Oh, you said Cesar Chavez? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, Chavez born in my city, in my town. Wow. And, uh, yeah, a lot of world champions born in my town. And uh, even that, even now, there's still a lot of world champions there. So uh, in Sonora, it's a lot of boxing. And, like pretty much, they used to play for play boxing and uh and uh baseball. Oh, okay. This is sport with the best, the biggest in, in Sonora. And uh, well, mine was boxing. And uh, and uh, since a little kid, I started boxing and you know, uh, fighting for my dream be a world champion i never did have a, but you know i'm a champion in life you know yes sir you are big time and, and you still got so much work to do too so many different goals everything i was telling our listeners on the podcast that you you know you can have you were forced with a choice to have to flee or leave mexico to come uh, over into the states and um you had no ability to speak english or no money or nothing huh yeah, I know. When I was 20 years old, I decided, I decided to come here because I'm fighting for my dream to be a, a world champion and, and do a lot in boxing. But because Mexico, uh, there, there wasn't, wasn't available for me for a lot of different ways. The, the narco traffic, the mafia, the, 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 the favoritism of people. So uh, that's why I decided to come here. And when I come here, I 
I came with no money, no papers, no money, no, no, no nobody. I came to the street to start living my life and uh, crying every day here, crying every day Dang. and uh, and learning, you no, know, and learning. And uh, after a little while, you no, know, God blessed me with with this. And uh, I was the number eight in the world boxing, and I'm the only fighter on the planet. Spar with Floyd Mayweather for ten years. Many Pacquiao, tennis world champion. So yeah. I already made my own, uh, my own history, you know, my own history, and uh, and uh, I'm proud of myself. Now I'm a, I'm American citizen. I got my own business, my promotion. I'm helping the kids now. So I'm yeah. fighting for my different dream to be more success. And now I feel like I, I did that, you know. Now I feel I feel so so blessed for what I did. I never was a I never was a world champion, but I'm a champion in life, you know, because I'm just, uh, I'm success in different way, you know. So Feel it, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. I know you. I know I know good people, and that was for me is way more value than they have a belt. You know, my belt is you guys because to meet you and for a little time we have we meet we connect each other we good with brothers and like you have the the the, the they confident with me to take me to the Raiders. Things like that, bro. That for me means a lot to me. Oh. Like that shit for me, man. You you can pay with money, man. That shit you can you can buy with money. Uh, money money we make the money. We care. So by connection, friendship, buddy, you can do it. With, you can. So so I think you we earn we earning this shit. You know we earn to be to have these opportunities to know people like you guys. And I feel I'm blessed. You know. So, like I love I'm it. Good. Hey, I yeah. so uh, be before you go in because I know people are gonna want to talk to you and all that stuff. I was telling everybody that one of the main reasons that I, because our Vegas project started with just an idea of just just setting up a fight, you know. But then I I met you and I've never really met anybody who's so inspiring to me as as you. Your story, your backstory is fantastic, and you know, and and I'm honored to be working with you. So how hard is it to set up these fights and stuff like that and to make it a success? There's a lot of work that goes to it. Well, listen, I, I've been doing, this is going to be my ninth fight. I've been doing nine times. Nine so, times. so uh, no, I'm sorry. I've been doing eight for eight times before. This is my ninth time. So uh, it's kind of hard, hard to have a connection with people, right? Communication, especially myself. Yeah. The, the English, you know, the, the language is hard to communication with people, but I'm trying, man. I always try. I work in every day and I learning every day. And, uh, the, you know, the good people, the good thing in that, bro, like, like I told you, uh, I give you the confidence. People believe in me. Give me the opportunity and I take advantage in that way. When yeah. people like give me the opportunity, I show real, real. And I show myself who I am and what I want and make sure we equal. We, I can do a lot of things, and in that way, people feel like uh, they can do the same thing for me. So that's why I feel blessed in that way, you know? You got Manny Pacquiao Jr. for, for your fight that's coming up? Yeah, Manny Pacquiao Jr. is fighting for my second time uh, at this show. Wow. My my last time was, he, the last time he fought was in February this year. So what happened, uh, I, I spoke with, with Manny Pacquiao in 2008. Mm -hmm. So he knows me. Very well. We spar for like eight weeks, nine weeks, and uh, in California, and uh, I used to travel a lot with him. With him. But he, uh, he, he knows me. He was spar for a long time, and uh, his manager right now, he's my good friend, John yeah. Gibbons. So he's the one 
connect me with Pakistan and start bringing here. Nice. And and so, do you know how easy is it going to be to set up our second fight? Ah, uh, no, it's easy for me. It was easy for me. Like easy, easy, easy. The way about. I know, I know where I, can, I know the way to go, and I know where where I cannot go. So you know, when you know people, people believe in you, bro. It's more easy. You know, the hard part was at the beginner, right? At the beginning, I'm talking about eight years ago when I started doing this. I don't even know where I step on it. Like, where I had to talk to. Now we be televised, live stream, we be radio, we be uh, a lot of different ways to promote the fights. So, pretty much all the work can watch the fight. You know, the only thing had to go, go to the page, never quit boxing gym, and they go there and they want to watch the fight live for free. Wow. So, so, yeah. So, if, if, if people in Vegas, they can come and pay the fee for enter the fight and they want to see a lot of world champions, I'm going to have like a 50 world champions. They're going to come and watch the fight. Wow. So, yeah. Awesome. Hey, uh, before I let you go, um, are you looking forward to playing a role as an actor in our film, The Next Dana White? Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> I think you're going to be a great, uh, hey, great actor. I, it's funny. I, I read, I read what you were, what you were uh, typing the, the, the lines. Uh, it's say, crazy, right? Hey, this goes, hey, this goes, hey, Ramon with a, with a Mexican accent. We're going to have fun with this, Ramon. It's, it's a lot. And people, people should know right off the bat that, you know, my style is never to make fun of any race or any culture or anything like that. It's mostly to have fun and entertain. Um, but the, the the one person who's getting made fun of throughout this film is actually me. So, you know, but I I enjoy making people laugh. I enjoy entertaining people. So uh, thank you for the time. And I really wouldn't be able to do this film if it wasn't for you providing all the different services and resources and stuff. So I want to say thank you, Ramon. Um, oh, you're welcome, Have a great week of training, and I look forward to the big fight coming up and, and continually our partners partnership for our future projects as well, brother. Well, Thank you so much. Well, too, man, it's a pleasure, man, to have you as a friend, to call you a friend, my brother. And I'm here, I'm here man. I'm here for you. That's what I know. I, I feel good, too, knowing you have my back. Thank you, brother. Right. Have a good I day. I see you, man. Bye. Right. Okay, shit. Out.